Welcome to the second part of our podcast discussing Tony Abbott and council culture. Yeah, I think it's important to sort of recognise the goals of council culture because sometimes it's quite clear what you sort of need to do when you cancel someone, what you expect to happen to them. But with a politician, it's a lot more difficult. So, for example, you know, with a social media star or an actor like Kevin Spacey, um, you sort of just want their level of support to drop because that's kind of their livelihood. You know, they need that to promote their content and stuff like that. So if they have less support, then in theory, they're less successful. But um, with a politician... It's a lot difficult, you know, when Trump was impeached um, about a year ago, was it? Yeah. That wasn't because of the firestorm of comments on social media. You know, people had been asking him to be impeached since the day he got elected. It's very difficult, and I don't think that comments on social media would necessarily be the reason why something actually happened, even if it was the thing they wanted to occur. It's a lot more difficult to be able to take a politician down from a platform that isn't what they use all the time to make money from because obviously they make money from doing their job compared to someone who needs the followers and the subscribers to be able to make a living yeah uh, I, I completely agree with that I mean personally for me I think that cancel culture really does work but when we're looking at this with regard to Tony Abbott I really do think it does fail in politics. And, you know, there, there's a number of sort of questions to ask about that. Why why does it fail? Is it because, you know, politics is almost cancel-proof? Is it because, you know, there, there, there's a number of questions that you have to ask about it. But for me, my personal answer is social media really isn't the best sort of battleground for cancel culture when you look at politics although of course it's great when you you know want to look at a uh, you know Paul Brother for example who's you know done whatever people feel angry about that and you absolutely should I think social media is absolutely brilliant for purging people who are you know saying horrid things but I just for me I think it fails at politics uh, maybe a better sort of root of achieving cancel culture in politics would maybe be to do with joining a party for example and when the next leadership election comes up you vote just about anywhere other than you know said person who said you know said said (laughs) who said um whatever and uh, the informality of cancel culture is sort of the most prevalent way that it's perform so maybe you could look at doing some petition work or something to you know have a review into you know making sure that this person really is the right person for the job there's no you know that for me there's no simple answer to it but I think that we do need to have in politics a real almost sit down and think right this really isn't working you know because I think we have got a group of people in politics with Horrid views which really don't represent, you know, 2020, which are sort of sticking around like an old fart from the 1800s <laughs> almost when it comes to views. So, you know, how do we get them out for people who we personally find more favourable? Um, is cancel culture the way of doing it? Certain platforms, certainly. Politics, maybe not. 
and if we are to use cancel culture, are we doing it correctly? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think there are a lot more effective ways to be able to um, take a politician down, as it were, or at least uh, try and get them reprimanded for their actions than just a firestorm of angry people on Twitter who don't really know what they want. So, as you said, you know, uh, you could start a petition, you could join a pressure group, you could lobby MPs in the House of Commons speech your local MP to try and get something sorted out. And I think with a counterculture, a lot of people would say that they would want an apology um, from Tony Abbott for the things he said. And the question I would pose is, what would an apology matter if he hasn't apologised for it in the past? Because I think, personally, it would just show that he's only doing it because he's being forced to, not because he's sorry for his actions. I think, in a lot of senses, I mean, this isn't just on a you know, political standpoint. I think this is just a sort of moral, all-round, sort of almost global standpoint as such. You don't achieve a sort of valid apology by poking and pushing people into it. You know... If someone's genuinely apologetic, they will have already apologised. Most likely, that you know, they wouldn't be, you know, waiting to be pushed into it. Uh, but no, it, it does bring on a sort of great question with regard to, uh, let, you know, let, let's say, you know, we're, you know, ten years down the line since he made his comments on, uh, you know, the um, house life and um, household budget, so. You know, let's say ten years on, he wants to sort of repair the damage of those comments. So, you know, what what can what can he really do? I mean, yes, fine, you you make an apology, you go out, and you make it, you know, you make a video, you post it, or you go out in front of a group of people and you apologise. But I think in politics, I don't think that washes. I think a lot of people are still sort of out for your head in politics. You are never going to be seem to be completely sort of apologetic because you know, I think there is in some ways a stigma, in some ways a sort of very realistic sort of point around politicians that uh, they're sort of up to no good there, you know whatever, so I mean how you know, how successful can you possibly be when you are, you know, looking to get some kind of apology out and you know, what can you do to do it, I mean, yeah, for example, that isn't around politics. Um, speaking recently, um, if you want to look at sort of current sporting affairs, um, the last international break, you could look at um, the two England players, Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden, in Iceland. Um, after their game, uh, they uh, apparently, you know, so over here, took uh, two women back to the hotel room that they were staying in which under usual circumstances, I mean, you know, Phil Foden, I understand he's married with a child, so that is, of course, you know, not on, but under usual circumstances, you know, if you take away the marriage and the child, there's not an awful lot wrong with it. Um, But uh, there was COVID restrictions around the hotel, so then you have to sort of ask yourself, how, how can you make up for this? And the way that they both chose to do it is they came out and they um, posted on social media, um, apologising to Gareth Southgate, the manager. And since then, both Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden have been selected for uh, you know their respective uh, you know club teams to play in the Premier League. But um, in the recent England's 
their squad selection. I hear that they have failed to, you know, be selected in the squad again. So, you know, maybe you could call them successful, maybe you couldn't call them successful on their apology. It just sort of depends on who it is that listens to the apology. So maybe you could relate that round to Tony Abbott. Maybe, yeah, let's say Tony Abbott does release an apology. Will women want to forgive him quite as easily? I think perhaps the difference between your example of the footballers and Tony Abbott is sort of the nature of politics. And the nature of politics is that you're always going to have someone against you for your views, even if you did issue an apology and perhaps even make a charitable donation to charities supporting abortion or something like that. Uh, they would just ask, you know, why hasn't this happened earlier? So now we're going to give our final thoughts on uh, this Tony Abbott situation and counterculture in general. So personally, um, I don't think that taking Tony Abbott off of the UK Board of Trade would really do anything. Apologising now probably wouldn't do anything either because, you know, he said these things so many years past, so he would probably only be making it just to sort of shut those people up. And... It's important to remember, um, as we said earlier, that he's only one of 16 people on a board that doesn't really deal with the things that he said controversial statements about. So I think it's sort of a waste of time for people to try and get at him constantly on social media because I don't think the higher-ups in the government are really going to listen to those people. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think exactly going off what you're saying... Um I, I really don't think that, not only, I, I don't actually think that we'll ever see an apology from Tony Abbott because I think a lot of people, particularly over here in the UK, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend to be, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be Mr. Current Affairs over in Australia, but I know over here, most people hadn't really heard of Tony Abbott, you know, until a few weeks ago when this came up in the news. So I think he would personally, as far as his sort of personal image go I think he would sort of be shooting himself in the foot really if he were to come out and make an apology now because it would only sort of fuel the fire of hate back up again so uh, just to wrap it up um, I'm Adam this is Charlie and uh, thank you for listening to our Cancel Culture podcast